The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hello and welcome to the Online Marketing Show. This is Joey Bushnell. Today's special guest is top business coach, Paul Lemberg. Go to paullemberg.com to find out more. Paul, thank you very much for being with me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Joey. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Just before we begin, I'd like to give a quick introduction to Paul. Paul Lemberg helps business owners become wealthy. No exaggeration, he has done it hundreds of times. His private clients have collectively pocketed a whopping 360 million in profits. He has also worked with Fortune 500s like Cisco, Goldman Sachs, and IBM. But his real love is showing entrepreneurs how to multiply their sales and profits and doing it faster and easier than ever before. He's been at it a long time. Paul started his first software company with a partner and $3,000 in credit card debts, selling it three years later for millions. He then launched a second company which ultimately sold to a large international bank. After a few years as a market strategist for giants like AT&T, HP and Dell, he found his true passion, working directly with business owners, creating wealth. There wasn't a name for what he was doing at the time, so he coined the term business coaching to describe it. Paul is also the author of the business bestseller, be unreasonable and has created a series of powerful business growth training courses. His latest programs are Blueprints to Profits and Getting Started in Business. So Paul, many, many accomplishments there. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Could you tell us how you got started as a business coach? Oh, well, you know, it's kind of a roundabout story, I think, as most of these are. I had a few different careers. I went to art school. My undergraduate degree is in fine arts and I sold some of my work and I had a grant, but it was really hard to make a living and I was having a tough time out of it. And eventually I decided to change careers and I ended up in the software business. And it was because at a time they were, uh, the, the world thought that people who are artists made good software designers and it turned out to be true. So I moved into software business. I was really great at it, but I definitely didn't fit in the corporate world. So I did what any self-respecting entrepreneur would do. I didn't know I was an entrepreneur then, but I started a software company with my partner. And as you said, $3,000 of credit card debt. And we sold, basically what we did is we, did, we wrote software for giant international banks and sold it all over the world. And that was pretty successful. We sold that company. I then started another company doing the exact same thing and ultimately sold that company. And then after that, I was like, all right, I don't really want to be in the software business anymore. And I ended up in a corporate consulting job where we did market research and strategic advice for giant technology companies like Dell and HP and companies like that. I did that for a while and it was intellectually very challenging. It was fascinating work. It paid pretty well for a job. I had a lot of autonomy because I'd actually quit and they'd hired me back. And, you know, once you quit and they hire you back, then it's pretty hard for them to tell you what to do. So <laughs> it was like it was good as far as jobs go. And I did that for almost five years. And one day I woke up and it was like a dream. 
And I just said, I'm not doing my life's work, and I better get busy doing it. And I quit that job immediately, and within a few months, I had developed this idea that I really wanted to work with entrepreneurs. I liked the consulting, and I liked the strategic thinking. I just didn't really care that much about giant corporations. I care about small business people building things. With, you know, I was one of them. So I came up with this idea that I was going to advise people. There was a lot of personal coaching at the time, and there was, which is now life coaching. And there was executive coaching, which was helping people communicate better and navigate the politics of their corporations and so on. And I didn't do any of that stuff. I was like, I'm going to tell you how to get engaged and stay focused and do what you have to do to be successful. And that was business coaching. So that's, that's how I started. It was just, I found my way to working with the kind of people I was passionate about and using the skills that I had developed. Great. And then fast forward to today, you're one of the most well-respected business coaches in the world. And I know people all over the world would happily pay you 50,000, 100,000 a year for your business coaching advice and support. Why is this Paul? You know, you read my bio a minute ago and I've helped a lot of people make a ton of money. And it's really that simple. People come to me because they want to grow their businesses faster than they're currently growing. And through the, the tactics and the strategies that I help them with, they end up making lots and lots more money. And my typical client has a return on investment anywhere from 10 times to 50 times and as much as 100 times what they've paid me over the course of a couple of years. Now, if you take your business and you grow it, let's say from half a million pounds to a million pounds, let's say that that's all that happens. In other words, you've doubled your business. And that's a typical result, except you made the extra half a million pounds the second year, the first year, then you made it the second year, then you made it the third year, then you made it the fourth year and the fifth year, and all of that compound return turns out to be a huge amount of money. So... You know, clients come to me with million-dollar business, and they end up with five million, or they have ten million-dollar businesses, and they end up with twenty. And that extra ten million keeps growing year after year. So when they look at paying a hundred thousand-dollar fee, it's nothing compared to what they add to their business. Even if you were to take your business from, you know, following my advice, and you don't need me to do that. You just have to, you know, follow the things that I teach in my programs, which is if you follow my advice, you can easily double your business. Follow the strategies, your business will double. And, you know, you just have to figure out what that's worth to you in terms of raw money. And people are willing to pay some fraction of that. I think that no matter what it is that you do or sell, whether it's business coaching or business doubling like I do, or whether you sell a, you know, some little widget that goes into somebody's manufacturing process, or whether you sell marketing consulting or social media strategies, or whatever it is that you sell, that your customer should, you should structure things in such a way that your customer can earn a 10 times return on what they pay you. Because if they can earn a 10 times return on what they're going to pay you and they credibly believe that, they're willing to pay you because it's just a fa fantastic return. If you charge $5,000 a month for social media consulting and your customers earn an additional 50000 a month because of it, that's a no-brainer. So, so that's the answer. Paul, you have three books, and the title of my favorite of your three books is Be Unreasonable. It's a fantastic book. So what does Be Unreasonable mean? Why would we want to be unreasonable? 
You know, I chose the title Be Unreasonable because it's something that my clients would always say to me. I'd say, well, I think you need to do A, B, and C. And I think you need to do it soon. In fact, I think you need to do it by the next time we talk. And, but, you know, people would go like, be reasonable. I'm like, you didn't pay me all this money to be reasonable. So, so that was how it got started. And, and people started calling me the unreasonable business coach. Like, oh, I got to talk to Lemberg. He's unreasonable. Here's what it means. It's all about what goes on in your mind. So the tactics, I teach very effective tactics. I boil the tactics that I use are, I'm going to go out on a limb. They are guaranteed to work. The reason they're guaranteed to work is not because I'm so smart. The reason they're guaranteed to work is because I've observed what works and I only talk about things that I know are going to work. So if you had a bunch of tactics and you knew they worked and your business still wasn't successful, what was your problem? And it turns out that your problem and the problem for a lot of entrepreneurs is what goes on in their head. They have belief systems about what they can and cannot do. They've got preconceived notions about what it looks like to be professional in their business. And they're pretty much governed by whatever has already gotten stuck in their head. So if you're not making any progress, it's probably because of what's going on in there. So I think that the key to moving forward is about stepping outside of your comfort zone, going against the grain of whatever you believe is going to work, doing what's different, and then getting and staying in action. And my clients think that that's unreasonable. And I think, no, you know, actually, Joey, you've got to be unreasonable if you want your business to do something else. You've heard it. Einstein said that his definition of insanity was doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. We all have heard that. And I think most of us believe it. The problem is we also have this notion about what it means to be reasonable. And we think it's okay that we have to get, you know, we have to eat three meals a day and that we have to stop working at a certain amount of time and that we have to balance this with that. And there's all these things that we know that we're supposed to be doing because we're all reasonable people. And I think that people's uh, commitment to being reasonable, to being professional, to being normal, to fitting in, to doing what gurus tell them, to doing what somebody else did. It's like all that reasonable stuff, it's keeping you from being successful. So I teach people to figure out the things that are holding them back and then to just decide what the next most important thing to do is and to do that no matter what. And that's being unreasonable. And that's what the book is all about. And that's what my work is all about. So in terms of growing a business pool, why does it seem so hard for business owners to grow consistently? So I think that the issue more than anything is, and, and it's in the question, you said grow consistently. And the thing that stops people from growing consistently is acting consistently. And it's lack of of focus execution and it's attention to the wrong things. It's like this. I talk a lot about strategy and strategy is the decisions that you make about using your scarce resources to get your results because all of the people I speak to have limited amounts of resources. You have a limited amount of money. You have a limited amount of time. You may have a limited amount of people who work for you. You have a limited amount of hours in the week. You have a limited amount of attention and the decisions that you make about how you're going to spend those limited resources have everything to do with how successful you are. 
And most people are trying to figure out how to do more, how to get, get more done. Did you ever ask yourself how to get more done? Oh, yeah. Well, what does that tell you? It's like when you're trying to get more done, you end up having to do more. And I actually think it's about how to get more done by doing less. And the only way to do that is to make sure that the things that you do are the right things. So I believe the reason that it's hard for business owners to grow consistently is that they're paying attention to too many things. They're paying attention to a lot of the wrong things. And if you can figure out what's going to actually make the most difference for you and do that thing next, that strategy, by the way, but figure out what's going to make the most difference for you and focus on that and then be in action. So the more you pay attention to the right things, the more you stay focused on only the things that are driving you to where you want to go. And the more you stay in action, and whether that's for two hours a day, if you're doing it part-time, or if you're some kind of amazing Superman, six or 10 hours a day, whatever it is, stay focused on the things that are going to drive your business. And don't worry about everything else. Your business will grow like crazy. So if we focus on the right things, then it will all work out. Because I've heard you say in the past that if we focus on five specific things, if we do that, a business must grow. So what are those five things, Paul? Well, so I'm going to argue with myself right for a moment and tell you that there are tons of different things that you could focus on in your exact business. And that might be the thing. But, you know, I've worked with over a hundred different kinds of businesses in different industries. And I wanted to figure out what was going to grow every business, no matter what it was. So that's why I say, if you focus on the five things that I'm about to tell you, and only those five things, your business will grow. So there, it's very simple. Those things are how you convert the leads or opportunities that you've got. In other words, your sales process, the way that you talk people to people and the way you get leads to turn into customers. So that's one thing you have to focus on, converting leads into customers. The next thing you have to focus on is getting more leads. So turn the people you have into customers and then get more of them and turn them into customers. This is not in order, by the way. You have to focus on how much revenue or how much sales, or to flip it around, how much value you create for each and every customer. You see, if you sell a customer one thing one time, then that's kind of the capped revenue growth, and you have to keep getting new customers each time you want to make a sale. On the other hand, if you spend some of your time getting new customers and then spend some of your time paying attention to your old customers and developing new things for them to buy from you, satisfying their needs in a whole host of different ways, then the amount of money that you make per customer grows dramatically. And a couple of things happen. If you sell, let's use an example. Let's say you sell a customer one thing and that thing costs 100 pounds. And it costs you, say, 40 pounds to manufacture or to buy that thing. You have 60 left over. Maybe you can afford to spend 20 pounds to get that customer and the rest of it goes to overhead and then some, some small part of it goes to profit. You with me? Yeah. Okay. So what if instead, instead of 100 pounds, you sold the customer over the course of time 1,000 pounds worth of stuff? 
Now, you still have the same issues. You know, you still have to pay for the stuff and so on. But you could spend a lot more money getting the customer the first time because you weren't going to have to pay that money the second time, the third time, the fourth time, and so on. So maybe instead of 20 pounds to get that customer, you could spend 40, and all of a sudden you've doubled your ability to get customers. And you can do things that other people who haven't figured this out can't do. And it enables you to crush your competition, get a lot more leads, get them faster, and grow your business faster. So revenue per customer is huge. The next thing that I believe is very important to focus on is the profit that you make on any individual sale, which of course has to do with what your costs are, but I believe it has more to do with what you can actually charge. So the idea of driving up the value that you provide to people and making it very, very clear to them what they get from you and then charging the right amount of money is huge. And you can make a losing business instantly profitable by adjusting your margins, by adjusting your prices. And then the last thing is, is what we've been talking about up till now, which is doing the right things. If you focus on the first four, leads, conversions, uh, revenue per customer, and the prices that you charge, the value you create and the prices, then if you do the right things day in and day out, your business is going to explode. It's absolutely going to explode. So the real key is stay in those five areas and be able to understand. And, and what I've been teaching lately is how to know what the next most important thing to do is. Because if you're always doing the next most important thing, your business is going to grow dramatically. Do we have to become experts in each of these five areas? I say no. In fact, I've got this whole notion. I think that people have to learn to succeed by failing. The, the, goal to, uh, the goal to become an expert in an area will do one thing for you. Unless you want to be a consultant, then you don't need to be expert in any of those areas because your need to want to be expert in that area actually keeps you from executing. And I teach my clients and my customers, people buy my products whenever I speak. I'm going to tell you that if you do the things I tell you to do, you can do them poorly as long as you keep doing them and you will make more money than if you try to become an expert in each and every one of them. Succeed by failing. Don't worry about becoming expert. Be worry about becoming excellent. And by excellent, I mean that you stay in action and keep executing. I'm gonna give you a little tip about lead conversion. You know, be able to convert more from your website or even from selling live face to face. It's not about knowing what to do. It's about being able to test. So if you just keep executing and keep seeing what works and what doesn't, what works and what doesn't, what works and what doesn't, you actually will get smarter and maybe ultimately you will become an expert, but who cares? I just want to know what's effective. And the only way you can find out what's effective is be willing to be wrong, be willing to fail, and just keep going. So just remember that, succeed by failing, and everything works out beautifully. Paul, you mentioned this very briefly earlier, and lots of people talk about it, but no one ever really defines it. What is strategy? It, I, I did start to talk about it a minute ago. So strategy is the art of it. I, I'll define it a few ways. It's the art of doing more with less. It's the art of getting the most out of your limited resources. And I, I've started to think of it as the law of least effort, which is, you know, how do you get more? How do you get more out of what you've got by doing the least of it? See, look, 
if you're a giant company like uh, Microsoft, for instance, or, or yeah, let's use Microsoft as an example. If you're a giant company like Microsoft, you actually don't worry that much about strategy because you basically have unlimited resources and you can put your resources anywhere you want. And most smaller entrepreneurs don't have that luxury. We've got a limited amount of resources. Even the really successful ones have a limited amount of resource. And there's only a few places where they can put it. So you've got to decide what's going to have the greatest impact. And so then there's another factor, which is people try to plan. And I used to do a lot of work with large corporations. And they would create these big strategic plans, like it was going to take them through all year, you know, and plan and goals and action steps and game plans. And here's how it's going to work out. And here's the timelines. And then they got all this stuff going on with Microsoft Project, And it's all planned out. And everybody knows what they're going to do. And it's all set to go. And then by February, the whole thing's falling apart. And by March, no one ever looks at that plan ever again. There was a general in the Prussian army in the 1800s called von Moltke. And von Moltke said, no battle plan survives first contact with the enemy. So if you're building a building and you've got blueprints and then you have your construction plans and you know who's going to do what in what order, you know what? It can pretty much work out because the building doesn't fight back. Whereas if you decide you're going to do something in your marketplace, well, your marketplace involves your customers and your customers aren't going to do what you tell them to do. They're going to do what they feel like doing. So you tell them to do one thing and they say, no, I'm going to do this other thing over here. And then you sell it to them and you expect them to behave and they do what they want to do. And then you've got these competitors and you're hoping they don't notice what you're doing and they're going to do what they feel like doing. And your merchant account provider is going to do what she feels like doing. And your bank's going to do what they feel like doing and you're, you know, and so on and so forth. And basically in your market, in your business, you're dealing with a lot of human beings and they do whatever it is they feel like doing. So that's von Moltke's fog of war. It's like, you don't know what's going to happen. So you create a plan and the plan falls apart. It's like a given. The plan will fall apart. So the way I look at strategy is it's not about planning things to the nth degree. It's about sizing up the market and looking at what you know about your customers and and understanding what you know about your competitors and whoever the other players are that affect what you're going to do with your business, making your best guess and then positioning your scarce resources so that based on all your estimations, you have the greatest likelihood of success. And then being flexible enough in your mind and your action plans to be willing to change on a dime and reassess the whole thing very, very quickly and then take the next action. So all the time you're trying to get more done with less. How can I do this better? How can I do this faster? How can I do this by cutting my costs? How can I do this without my involvement? How can I do this with fewer people? And then being flexible enough to say, and no matter what we do, the universe is going to push back and things are going to change and I'm going to have to reposition myself. So that's what strategy is. And there are tools for strategy, which are basically have all to do with assessment of opportunity and assessment of strengths, and then trying to put strengths and opportunities together to answer the questions that I I was just asking. So, So that's what strategy is. And if you take that to heart, it gives you a whole different way of looking at your business, which is automatically going to make your business grow faster than if you get stuck in some routine. 
Paul, I've heard you say some disparaging things about the success philosophy called The Secret. Why is that? So here's, the pro- here's my problem with The Secret. I actually, I, I'm a kind of a woo-woo sort of a guy. I do believe in metaphysics. I do believe there is a universe and a God. And I, but I don't actually think that, that the universe is looking out for your best interests. And that's the, you know, my problem with the secret is there's this presumption that the universe is looking out for your best interests. And frankly, I don't think the universe cares that much. So what I do think works is paying tremendous attention to your purpose, why you are doing whatever it is you're doing in life, and your vision for how you want your life to unfold, and your goals. I think those things really, really matter. And up till that point, I'm really in agreement with the secret people, which is that if you focus on your vision and your purpose and your goals, then things happen for you. But I don't think it's magic. I think it happens because when you are really clear on your outcomes and then you use everything that I've been talking about up till now to hone in on what you have to do next so that your business does what you want it to do, things start to happen for you because you're only focused on those things. Now, the problem, my other problem with the secret is there's this implication that focus on what you want and the universe is going to give it to you. And oh, by the way, you don't have to be in action. The Quakers have a saying, which is, as you pray, move your feet. And if you don't move your feet, you're not going to get anywhere. And if you, you can pray all you want, you can have your goals. You know, if you think about it, purpose, vision, goals, all those things are like prayer. It's the same system. Problem is, if you don't move your feet, if you're not in action, nothing happens. If you want to be successful in your business, get into action. Decide where you want to go. Figure out what the very next thing that's going to help you get there is, the next most important thing, and stay in action until that thing gets you where you want to go. Then move on to the next thing. That'll work. So that's my love. That's my secret. So, Paul, the secret is correct in the fact that thinking is the first step, but it has to be followed up by action or else nothing is going to happen, is it, Paul? I have never, ever made something happen without having someone do something about it. So, it, you know, when we talk about action, Joey, there's plenty of action. And, and oftentimes the action is asking somebody to do th- something. Right, Making a request of someone is action. Picking up the phone and calling somebody, asking them to do something for you is action. So all those things are action. I think thinking is crucial because if you don't think about it, you're likely, in fact, you are more likely to do the wrong thing. You're going to do stupid things. You're going to do the wrong thing. You're going to do them poorly. You're never going to improve. So thinking is critical. And I recommend strongly that people spend a certain amount of their time each day reading and thinking, reading to get new ideas, reading to inspire you and fill your head with good stuff, and then thinking to decide how to do it better. What should I be doing and how to do it better? And then you got to be in action, because if all you do is think about it, then not that much happens. What would you recommend to guarantee that people survive, prosper, and even thrive in this hard economic climate? So this is really important for everyone to understand that this economic climate is only hard for people who are not in action. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy when the news media 
you know, the government tells the news media and then the news media tells everyone else. And so when the news media tells you that things are hard and then your expectation is that things are hard, which translates into, I have to cut my budget and I probably can't afford to market and, you know, all that whole chain of events, then business becomes really hard. On the other hand, if you take on this point of view, which is that business is harder than it used to be, but not for everybody. And people are spending less money than they used to, but not that much less. And they're still spending a lot of money. You know, if people were only spending 90% of what they were spending before, and by the way, it's a lot more than that, except in certain markets. But if people are spending 90% of what they were spending before, well, they're still spending that 90%. And the thing is, who are, they're going to spend it with somebody. They might spend it with you and they might spend it with your competitor. If your competitor is running and hiding, try hoping it'll all blow away and trying to conserve cash. And you're saying, you know what? I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to market. And uh, you market harder than the next guy, which isn't hard because the next guy not doing anything. Then you start marketing really hard. That 90%, the good part of that comes to you. And when the economy does finally pick up, whenever that is, and it will one day, then you are in a relatively fabulous position. So you can prosper now and then you can absolutely explode later on. So what do I recommend? I recommend, number one, that you decide what you really care about and focus on that. That of the two dozen things that you try to do on any given day, probably one of them is going to make a difference. And you've got this long to-do list and everything is hard and you say you're running out of time. But if you look at your to-do list and say, you know what, if I do one thing today, it's going to be that, whatever that is. And you work on that and you pour all your attention into that. You might have like 20 products and, and people talk about multiple streams of income and all this stuff. And I'm like, figure out what's really going to make you money. Focus your attention on that and stay in action. If you don't know what to do, look at my list of five things and I will tell people over and over again, you know, manage your time well, generate more leads, get better at conversion, increase your price and make sure you have enough products for people to buy. If you focus on any one of those things in the area that you care most about, where you have an opportunity, you're going to do great. That's that, it. Stay that focused, stay in action. That's it. Sure. So that one thing each day that you mentioned, the most important thing, is that often also the most tough pill to swallow, perhaps the most challenging thing to do. So we therefore avoid it. And that is why people generally tend not to get the right things done. Is that what's happening there? You know, I, I, Joey, I think that's a pretty good explanation some of the time. But I, I know a lot of people who became entrepreneurs because they really weren't suited to anything else. I ask every time I speak in front of a room, I ask people who here thinks they have ADD. And I'll tell you in every single case, about 70% of the hands go up. Now, I don't think all those people have ADD, but I do think that they tend to like things that move fast and change, right? They're, they yeah. tend to be distracted. So you may look at your business and you go, well, I have an opportunity here. I have an opportunity here. I have an opportunity here. So the thing about entrepreneurs is they're, they're like opportunity-making machines. They see gold everywhere. So if you have 20 different strategies 
on your big picture thing. And then on any given day, you're trying to move half a dozen of them forward. You know what? Not all those things are going to matter. And then on top of that, you like email. You like Facebook. You like YouTube. You might like reading the sports pages. There are all sorts of things that you like to do that actually don't make you money. So it's not necessarily that the thing that's most important is harder, although it might be. But it's not always the thing that you think is the most interesting. So even, the, even though in your heart of hearts you know it's most important, it somehow takes back burner. Now, if you look at this like in the cold light of the day, you go, oh, my God, why am I wasting my time? And so that day you get the most important thing done. And then the next day you get sucked into email or you have your Twitter, you have a Twitter machine open and it's just like zipping by on your computer screen. Or did you know, I mean, you, you must know this. Some people still have that little icon that pops up and tells them they got an email. I mean, that's just insane. So what I would suggest is that you close down all the distractions. You don't keep any of that stuff open. I don't ever answer my phone during the course of a day unless I'm expecting a phone call. Why? I have other things that I'm supposed to be doing that I know are more important. So it's simply an act of discipline and will where you're going to spend some time, you're going to spend some thought time on any given day or morning or night, and you're going to figure out what the next day is going to be all about and what thing you're going to focus on. And if you stay focused, figuring out what project you're driving into the marketplace, how you're going to do it, what the next most important thing to move it all forward for you is, that's going to transform your business. And I have seen people's businesses go from stuck to super successful because they shifted their attention from doing some like administrative junk or maybe they were writing a lot of proposals for customers or they were getting bogged down in service commitments to people and they shifted their attention to perhaps business development or they made their sales process better or they got used to turning around quotes in some like short fraction of time where they used to spend a lot of time and all of a sudden their business explodes. So focus on the right thing. Make sure you do that and only that. And then everything else becomes easier because revenue pours in and you have more resources. And if you follow my pricing recommendations, I tell people how to raise prices precisely so that they can generate more margin. You generate more margin out of each sale. You then have this additional money left over to invest in resources like staff to help you or somebody to outsource to. And you can grow your business geometrically all because you started by focusing on the right thing. Fantastic. Paul, you've given us some brilliant information in this call and I'm sure everyone who is listening is really eager to hear more from you so that they can grow their businesses. Where can people go to get more of your information and learn more about your products and services and books? Well, thanks for asking because the best thing that you can do right now is you can visit my website. And I've got a brand new video series which is called the the 7 Master Keys to Rapid Business Profits. And it's a seven step video program and you can, it's free and you can go there and opt in and get a copy of it by going to my website, which is paullemberg.com slash seven keys. And I'll spell that. It's Paul Lemberg, P-A-U-L-L-E-M-B-E-R-G, all one word, dot com slash the number seven and then lowercase keys, K-E-Y-S. So it's paulemmer.com slash seven keys and go there and 
sign up for the seven master keys to rapid business profits. That's a great thing to do. And then after you sign up for that, then you can look around my site and I've got a lot of videos there. I've got a lot of articles. I have resources that people can get and a lot of information that people can use to grow their businesses right now. Excellent. That's the end of today's episode. Thanks to all for tuning in. Paul, a massive thanks to you for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I really, uh, I enjoy it and I am glad to help, Joey. The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. 